1: Leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it. For six. He's got a knee-high snap. Looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us, erupts in celebration, and so the playoffs are coming back to LA, this January at the Coliseum, we not me versus the NFC, and for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio, this is managing our Derek C. Apollo with magic, Johnny, that's right, Magic Johnny Gomez, Happy New Year and Merry Christmas to all of you Rams fans out there. The Rams beat the 49ers today, 48-32, to earn their number two seed in the playoffs. Johnny, how are you and what are your first thoughts?
4: I'm pretty good. I'm feeling really good after so many drinks at the bar. had to celebrate after this win, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling... I'm feeling really, really, really good. Johnny,
3: stop, stop, stop. Dude, you were drinking before the win. You were drinking before the game. Come on. I was. I mean, just be honest about that. Don't don't try and fool people into saying you were celebrating after the fact. You were celebrating before, during, and after the fact. You just know say- what,
4: Derek? You, you, you forget that I'm Magic Johnny. I saw the future. <laughs> I saw you the saw- future, man, and I had to take that. You know, first couple, five,
3: ten shots,
4: yeah. It was that kind of night, guys. That kind of night.
3: How are you feeling now, though?
4: I (laughs) am very tired.
3: Very tired. (laughs) Very, Very tired. So, all right. What are your first thoughts in the game?
4: First thoughts is the first three quarters of this game, I'm thinking that the Rams were untouchable. This is exactly the kind of team that the Rams were looking like in the first half of the season. And that's exactly what we need to see going into the playoffs. Fourth quarter, not so much.
3: Not so much because they benched a bunch of players, because they took their eye off the ball, because it was 48-17 at the time. Yeah, You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, I mean... They're for sure, you know, taking out the starters, some of the starters, you know, it it, it did make sense for them to like drop some of the, you know, the dominance a little bit. But at the same time, they this became way too uh, close at the end. Not that I was ever really nervous about losing this game, but it's like you kind of expect a little bit better play than what we saw. Or maybe I just have too high of expectations. I don't know. Maybe.
3: Well, one thing that bothered me was the 15 points in the fourth quarter, especially the last one. Don't give up the record to Kittle that easily. Make them really earn it. And they really didn't do that. And we'll talk about that. Other than that, I thought there were a lot of good things in this game. There were a lot of positives in this game. A lot of things that we can look forward to and hope that maybe the Rams will turn the corner. Still, some question marks, but we'll see. I, I'm positively, uh, yeah, I'm optimistic that maybe those two games with the the Bears and the Eagles are behind us. We'll find out soon enough. All right, folks. Before we move forward, we don't want to forget, why don't you forget that we're available anywhere. Podcasts can be found Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and don't forget to subscribe. On iTunes, we could really use those reviews. They help us out there. Also, you know, to click the subscribe button means those are better for our our, our listings on there as well. Just it helps us out. That's all. Well, don't forget our other social network. Butting heads with Johnny here, Steve Ribeiro and Rampage Radio. Although they are on a little bit of a hiatus with uh, family obligations, so hopefully they'll be back this week. Maybe next week. Hope they better be back. I hope with the playoffs. Get their table in the playoffs. And finally, we'll give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawks' book *Hollywood's Team: Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams*. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at Team. It's available both in hardback and electronic form, and Amazon and Barnes & Noble, you can also find Hollywood's Teen through various other booksellers on the internet. Everyone, I've read this book from cover to cover. Guess what? Norm has and Johnny has. It's well worth your time. It's a great read. It's affordable. Trust me. Check it out. was Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. Oh, Johnny, that reminds me. Hey, I actually went to Jim's... Amazon page for the book the other day just because it's on my my uh, Kindle listings because I kind of live on my Kindle when I'm not teaching or podcasting. And I saw this review and the review was titled it had the line with a bit of personal touch. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy got, the person got it from our, from our ad. So at least we know that person who Listens, uh, Who wrote the review listens to our show. And by the way, I need to write a review. I, I thought I did. I didn't. I checked and I hadn't. Um, I guess Johnny should, too. We should all just write a review. It's a really great book and a great, great touch in Ram's history. I was surprised to see it there, honestly.
4: All right, wait, Johnny. Way to drag me in, that. Huh? I said, way to drag me in, that.
3: Yeah, I'm going to drag you into it. we got to support our sponsor, man. All right. Yeah, I'm going to drag you into that. Are you trying to say you're not well-written enough to do it?
4: Oh, no, no, no. What, what I meant was, oh, by the way, Johnny should write a review too. I'm like, oh, man, put me on blast <laughs> like that.
3: <laughs> I'm not just saying – yeah, I am saying you. But also, hey, if you're saying you've read it, please do. He'd appreciate it, and it would be good to know that the folks who bought the book and um, have read it, and he could really use your feedback as well. All right, so you got the stats ready? I do. All right. Take it away. So we
4: have a couple interesting stats, uh, especially offensively. You know, Jared Goff had a interesting day, I'll say. Uh, he ended up finishing 15 of 26 for 199 yards and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Love that. Uh and then you had Mannion who came in and, mm, yeah, didn't play much really. Uh, Most of it went on the ground and didn't really impress. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to rushing uh, probably story of the offense still goes to CJ Anderson, who continues to tear up the football field 23 carries 132 yards and one touchdown average 5.7 yards per carry. That's exactly what you want to see in a pack up running back. And, you know, I, I think that once Todd Gurley comes back, you know, CJ they're going to find ways to give C.J. Anderson the football. He's just been dominant the past two games. And mm, true, maybe not some of the elite teams he's played against, but it's still impressive to come in and play like that. Uh, as far as receiving yards, you have Brandon Cooks who led the team in receptions with five 62 yards has two touchdowns and actually with similar stats, you have Josh Reynolds with four receptions of his own 55 yards and two touchdowns of his own. So really um, loving how uh, Josh Reynolds has been stepping up and a quick shout out to Tyler Higbee who had that huge reception for 36 yards. Now, Moving on to um, defensive stats, you. actually, it's kind of surprising seeing how many different turnovers that this defense has created. I mean, it's not that surprising on paper, but seeing recently how many turnovers that the Rams have been able to get, it was nice to see. You know, we had... A uh, couple fumbles in the game. And as far as... Um, but before I get into that, one of the thing I wanted to note also was John Johnson had eight total tackles. Happy to see that. Welcome back, Mark Barron. Had that crucial sack there. I actually kind of felt bad for Mullins on that one. Um, going into team stats, we had technically, we had about four turnovers there was I think potential to have more if uh if you know we were able to get to the um a ball a little bit quicker I I mean honestly some of these uh you know hits that Donald and a couple of other guys were getting in on Mullins I I mean it was really close to having you know almost eight turnovers I I counted at one point but uh, in total, four total turnovers, three interceptions, one lost fumble. Um, as far as total yards, believe it or not, the 49ers had more total yards with 391 yards as opposed to the Rams' 377 yards. And we'll, we'll kind of dis- dissect that a little bit later.
3: Yeah, it's called the fourth quarter, man.
4: <laughs> yeah. Like I guess I will get into that a little bit later. Uh, rushing yards, one 127 for the 49ers, 155 for the Rams. And time of possession, the Niners had it for 28 minutes, 10 seconds, as opposed to the Rams, 31 minutes and 50 seconds. A lot of that time was really, you know, kind of diluted in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But those are... Some of the most, uh, you know, standout stats that I have for you right now.
3: What were the total total turnovers? It was four zero, right? Did the Rams get yep. any turnovers?
4: No. Uh, well, the Rams didn't surrender any turnovers. No, that's
3: correct. So four zero is starting to get back to what the Rams did in the early part of the year. Defensive playmaking was something that we've been hoping to see more and more of. And I know you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear people say, "Hey." It's a the 49ers. They have backups in there. The Rams defense, to me, though, was doing specific things to create those turnovers. And outside, I think, of the first fumble, the first fumble, the fullback, it was a Jerzik? Is that how you say his name? He reaches across, he reaches out there, Barron, knocks it away. Hey, sure, that's that's something that they could have prevented. The other three, to me, were the result of Rams' pressure. And uh, the Rams masking things in the linebacker core where where Corey Littleton was. So before we sit there and say, well, this is just a bad football team, you can't forget that the 49ers just gave the Bears all the handle last week, and they beat the Seahawks two weeks ago. This is not as horrible a team as people think they are. They they finished 4-12. and They finished 4-12 and with a ton of injuries, uh, big injuries. Like Their top three receivers were out. Their top three series were, were, like, on IR. They're that far out. Sorry, no, good one's on IR. Might as well have been because he missed the last game. So, when you're talking about this 49ers team, they are much better, and they're going to be better. This team is on the rise, and the Rams better take advantage of these opportunities now before the Niners make their return uh, to competitiveness in the division.
4: Yeah, the, the Niners really have had just such a bad string of luck this year. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their starting running back. You mentioned the receivers. You know, they've been banged up all year, and the offensive line has been hurt for most of the year, too. So I give props to to Shanahan and, and the 49ers for, you know, at least making games competitive because – I don't know if you can say too many teams that can be that competitive without so many of their star players. Uh, I mean, that's almost devastating.
3: Well, yeah, there, there are going to be people out there looking at Shanahan's record in his first two years being 10-22 and 22, and thinking, why is he still around? And honestly, it's, it's perfectly possible for you to have a 4-12 and season and do a good job. And I'm convinced that Shanahan did a good job. He and his staff still developed players. They kept this team competitive. They're playing harder than, than what the Cardinals were, that's for sure. I mean, look at some of the teams the Rams beat early in the year. They weren't playing as hard as the 49ers did today. And so credit to them. That said, this Rams defense still made plays, especially that first quarter, three turnovers. Corey Littleton, man. Every time we get down on him, he does something special. Every time. How, he had two picks today, right?
4: That's correct.
3: And one beautiful return for a touchdown. Outstanding work on their part. And that gives me hope. If the Rams can can get into that mode for the playoffs, I think they're going to be fine. But, Johnny, I'm coming to the realization here. And, t- and tell me if they disagree. This year's defense, 2018 Rams, I'm realizing there, there are still fundamental problems. They still struggle to hit gaps. They still struggle to capture the edge all the time. Fundamentally, they still make a lot of mistakes they shouldn't make. But they're a feast and famine defense to me. They are going to be, they're either going to make a ton of plays or it's going to burn you. There's no middle ground this defense. That's That's where I've kind of concluded this team is going to be. And I can only hope that given what they've done with the Cardinals, the 49ers, and don't forget they forced a ton of turnovers against the Bears too. Just the Bears did more. If if this defense can keep doing that, then hopefully some of the shortcomings that we do see fundamentally can be masked a little bit longer. That's what I'm hoping for. What are you thinking?
4: Well, absolutely. And and the thing is, for, for those of you who are wondering how important the linebacking position really is, this team is kind of proof of it because going into this season, we all kind of knew that the linebacking position was going to be the weak point of this defense, but we didn't know exactly how weak it was going to be. And they're, they're improving a little bit. I, I was really happy to see the improvement in Mark Barron, because this was a guy I was kind of high on com- coming into the season. You know, he never really quite returned to form after his injury and, you know, to see him, you know, wasn't perfect, obviously, but to see him, you know, make plays, this was the type of Mark Barron that we needed to see. And if we can get this, just even a little bit of Mark Barron from last season before the injury, I think that the Rams are going to be looking a lot better. And, you know, it's like you said, man, uh, kind of the edge rushing has been an issue. And, you know, this game, it you know, chipping away at Mullins really <laughs> created the turnovers. It, it was this, that's exactly what the defense is designed to do. It's designed to create the pressure to make the quarterbacks uncomfortable. And that's when your secondary comes in for the kill. And that's exactly what happened. That's yeah. why, like for me, I I, I want to see more of this, and I think if we have more, you know, pressure coming in from the linebacking core, this will be a really good defense down the line.
3: It's more than just the pressure, though. These guys are going to be the ones you are going to depend on to hit the edge as well, and that's been missing for much of the year. So, I mean, but I want to stop for a moment. I don't want to skip that. There is a segment we want to get to one on the contributors, because they played a major role. And some of these names we're talking about today, like Mark Barron and Corey Littleton, they've been missing for a couple games. Mark Barron, most of the year, quite frankly. I want to come back to them. But before we even get to all their contributions, there is a different story we need to talk about. It's a book. Maybe it's a novella. Maybe it depends on how you feel about this, Johnny. I call it The Tale of Two Goths. We have a Jekyll and Hyde on our hands here. We have good golf, who's poised the pocket. He makes perfect throws in any place you want that ball, over any shoulder, in any spot, any location. It's there, okay? And then we have our Mr. Hyde Goff, the tale of two golfs here. And he's a golf who gets jumped in the pocket, throws off his back foot, uh his throws become wobbly. He overthrows sometimes off to the right, off to the left, and we saw that in today's game. We saw an appearance from both. For the first half, minus the, the last two-minute drive, we had Mister Hyde Goff, the guy who could not hit the broad side of a barn, thrown off his back foot. It's was lucky to not get picked off a couple times. What is going so, on with that Goff? So
4: you basically talking about Jared Goff and Jared Goof. So <laughs> Jared <laughs> So Jared Goof, um I I think with him you see just kind of the little the little things that really he struggles with and it's it's something that he hasn't really been able to get over in the second half of the season for whatever reason. In the first half, we really didn't see Jared Goof, and now it's like you you, you see him making these small little mistakes that can be, well, quite frankly, deadly. If if we go into uh, the playoffs and do that, you know, he you can't he can't cont- continue to throw off the back foot because if he if he does. He's gonna make him pay. There was a there was a point where if Richard Sherman has his head up, that was easily a pick six for him. And thankfully, Sherman uh, was focusing too much on the receiver. I'm, I'm not sure which receiver he was on at that time. Are you so talking about that throw enough. to
3: the side to the, to the right sideline? Yes. See, I don't think that was actually as bad a throw as initial looked at because. He, because where the throw ended up, it was off the sideline, like off over his head. I don't think he could have got that ball. The announcer was saying, yeah, he could. He could have. I, I didn't, That's not how I saw it at all. I saw it go out of bounds high to where he wouldn't be able to get to it. He had to have been like the most agile Richard Sherman ever to get to that, to that football and catch it and stay in bounds and run it back.
4: Nah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, honestly.
3: I, I'm just saying <laughs> – Part of me thinks that maybe Goff was getting rid of it.
4: Yeah, I think that was the initial, the initial thought into going into it. But it's it was still the point is that it was still like a dangerous play. If you if you're going to get rid of the football, get rid of it and make sure it's not even close. You know, that's that's kind of the point here, and we've seen it too many times with J- Jared Goof where he. Uh, <laughs> He just kind of throws the ball and just it, it goes wherever it lands, and that that can't happen. You know, you you either take the sack or throw it away. It's that simple. Even, even if it gets to the point where you, you may be called for a grounding, I'd much rather take that you know penalty than lose the football. You know, and that's where we kind of saw him struggle, especially against you know the higher you know, the faster defensive teams like the, you know, the Chicago Bears, that's where, you know, he was becoming, you know, Jared Goof, essentially.
3: But then you get to that, that two-minute drive, and he, after two bad throws, and those were two bad throws, he starts clicking, and we, we see a very good two-minute drive, and that carries over to the second half. What changed?
4: I, I just think he he just started to calm down a little bit and he found his rhythm a little bit and he was starting to, you know, be Jared Goff again. Uh it's it's really not easily explained in in this case because it it just depends on Goff. It, it he has to he has to be comfortable in the pocket and I think for whatever reason he started to feel a little bit more comfortable, he was starting to feel himself again and you know he was able to make some plays, and that's exactly hopefully what you know Jared Goff does in the playoffs because we're gonna need him more than ever in the playoffs. Otherwise, it's gonna be an early exit again.
3: All right, just some some quick information, folks. As as news is breaking, in, uh, news is breaking out. Um, Todd Bowles in New York gone fired. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets concussion. Um, Again, this is all news. It's just kind of breaking out at the same time here that I'm seeing. Oh, who else got fired? Dirk Coder, Dirk Cutter from Tampa Bay also fired. So it's live on Black Monday. Yeah, we already have two firings. And rumors are already swirling that Jim Harbaugh is going to be a hunted man here over this offseason. We'll see. All right, back back to golf. I think what people are forgetting of golf Is what kind of quarter? What kind of quarterback was he when the Rams drafted him? What kind of offense was he in? And I understand how he runs this offense. I understand how it's geared towards him. However, he's used to rhythm. He's used to the flow of a game as a quarterback at Cal in that offense they had there. He's used to having that. So putting him in a two-minute offense, I think, did exactly what. It's what you said it was. It calmed him down, got him focused. That's what he's used to. That's what he knows. Put him in a position to succeed. And I wonder if the Rams, as time goes on, will continue to do that. He struggles going to an offense. Going to minute offense. And it doesn't mean you rush everything where you make more mistakes, but it's really like a two-minute drill, like you wouldn't practice. That worked tonight. He was dead on from that point forward. He really was. And before people say, well, hey, um, in that first quarter and a half, pressure. No, actually, he didn't get a lot of pressure in the first half. He got some. Any normal quarterback would. He got some. But he wasn't running for his life like he was against the Bears or the Eagles or even the Lions. He wasn't. He got some pressure, but it was perfectly manageable. He just got antsy. And that 2 men drill score away. So let him be him. Let Goff be Goff. Put him in a position where he can run an offense the way he knows how to run it. And he's going to be okay. I think that's what we saw today. I really do. Do you agree?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's really no other way to explain it other than that. Because, you know, as far as Goff is concerned, if he's if he's in rhythm, this is one of the best quarterbacks in football if you if you take him out of the rhythm or if he just gets too anxious then you have Jared Goof plain and simple
3: (laughs) Jared Goof all right also CJ Anderson 132 yards rushing today um where has CJ Anderson been all my life I'm man crushing this right now I totally am I got to admit, I was wondering about this signing. I thought it would be an interesting sign when I got him. He has almost 300 yards in two weeks. What a season for him to get a chance at a playoff team. What a break for him. What a break for the Rams. You started talking about CJ earlier. What has he done to win you over? I know he's won you over. And what kind of contribution do you think he'll make in the playoffs?
4: You know, C.J. Anderson is a special player. And by the way, I ship it, by the way. Uh,
3: What did you say?
4: I ship it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So C.J. Anderson, on that note, um, he is exactly the kind of runner that we've wanted for a long time. And I think the hope was that, you know, guys like Benny Cunningham, And Malcolm Brown would have this kind of impact or at least maybe, you know, a similar impact. But, you know, even though I I will say Benny Cunningham and uh, Malcolm Brown, awesome backups, really good backups. You know, when when Cunningham was here and when Brown was healthy. But this is a whole nother dimension here. You know, C.J. Anderson is a bona fide starter in this league. And it makes you wonder who had. I mean, it, it kind of made sense in in Carolina because he was never going to get the touches, you know, behind you know <laughs> McCaffrey. That that I know they were never gonna. He was never gonna see football there, but <laughs> but in Oakland, uh, I, how do you, you know, what what's going on through the minds there? That just cut this guy.
3: Why? I, I don't. I can't. I, I can't go with Oakland. Oakland's not doing a whole lot of things that are sensible right now. But in Carolina, you may tell me, in an effort to protect your quarterback Cam Newton from running as much as he does, you wouldn't like to have that thunder and lightning aspect with Christian McCaffrey and CJ Anderson? I know I would. I know oh, I would. Absolutely. It would give me a chance. I, I I bet you if they have Anderson that team this year, they're not a seven and nine team.
4: Well, at the same time too, McCaffrey. I don't know if he ever takes off. Uh, takes off a play. He's in there quite a few times. I don't have the official stats in front of me or anything, but I would say McCaffrey's in there at least ninety percent of the time. Sure. So for th- for them, I I don't think that they. Thought that he was going to have too much value on this team, which is kind of stupid. But then again, I, I'm still more critical of the Raiders here because they—they, I mean, I, I'm thinking—I'm thinking of their starters here. They have an eight. They had an aging Marshawn Lynch went down with an injury. Fine, and then you have Doug Martin, who, my God, if, if there was ever a disappointing running back. It has to be Doug Martin. And, you know, I'm thinking I'd rather have C.J. Anderson than any of the the running backs on their team. So why let him go?
3: I Um, I don't get it. Maybe he didn't fit their system. Maybe John Gruden was high on cocaine that day. Did some lines or something. I'm going to go with the cocaine. You, You can
4: you you can't even convince me of that, though. That's the thing. You can't even convince me that he didn't fit the system because he comes into a Rams team in less than a week and, he score, and he, he's making touchdowns and he's going over 100 yards consecutive weeks in a row. That, no, I'm sorry. I can't accept that. I really cannot. You know, this, <laughs> it's just amazing to me, but... Um anyway, in terms of C.J. Anderson, what I love is this guy. I love how he runs over people. It's refreshing. I, I haven't seen that in a long time on the Rams. You know, you'd probably have to go back to Steven Jackson, the days of Steven Jackson, of how he was running over people. And that's what I like. I mean, Todd Gurley, eh, he runs over people from time to time, but not like how Steven Jackson and C.J. Anderson have been doing. You know that is incredible. That's the type of football that we all want to see. Uh, I mean, what do you think, Derek? Uh, am I am I over overrating him a little bit, or am I on
3: overrating CJ Anderson? Yes. No, no, no. That's what blows my mind. Is is why did he sit in the unemployment line for almost a month? Why did the Rares let him go? Why did the Panthers let him go? Listen, I get He's not going to run a 75-yard sprint. But that's not what a lot of these teams need. These teams need a bowling ball. When you mentioned McCaffrey getting nine percent of the snaps, I'm thinking, well, yeah, sure. Run two backs up once in a while. Run two, you know, give teams different looks. C.J. Anderson adds an element here that... The Rams have needed, and quite frankly, many other NFL teams need, to be able to have your thunder and lightning combination here. And so I'm, I'm actually hoping, I'm hoping that the Rams spend a little bit of money in the offseason, if they can find it, and keep him. I don't think, I don't think he'll cost too much. I think he would probably like to stay around and be in a franchise like this. I think he'll be a good fit. And you could really have that thunder and lightning combination next year that can do wonders for an offense. I really believe that. And, you know, does that mean I'm ready to cast Malcolm Brown on the curve? Um, No, maybe. But he's already (laughs) doing more than Malcolm Brown ever did. Malcolm Brown, I I stand by this. I believe he could be a star in this league, but he's also injury prone. And we've seen that a couple times in his career too. And, Anderson's just a bowling ball. He just runs over people. And he actually, for his age being 27 years old, he has relatively few mileage on those legs of his. Yeah. He could pro- uh, probably play to 30 easy, 31, 32 easy, just with his style of play.
4: I, I, um, As far as C.J. Anderson coming back next year, I'd love to. Have him back, and I think it would be amazing. But if I'm gonna be realistic, just seeing how much he's done in these past two games and um, we'll see what he does in the playoffs. you know, playoffs is a whole nother ball game, but still, even with these two games under his belt, I don't think he's gonna come back. I think he's gonna command a lot of money and and to tell you the truth, I, I think he's gonna try and find a starting role. Which obviously he's not going to take over for Todd Gurley, you know. Todd Gurley's still going to be the star of this team, but um, you know, I, I got to say, I I really would like to see him back. But unless, because you kind of mentioned it earlier, unless Anderson just loves the vibe of Los Angeles, unless he loves being on a on a Super Bowl contending team. That's the only way I see him back. Otherwise, right. I, I think he's going to get paid.
3: Let me throw this at you, okay? Let me throw this at you. I'm going to throw a little bit of money information at you. There's a player that is comparable to him, in my view. And that player's name is LeGarrette Blunt, the former Oregon guy. All right, Same style, same kind of moving around the league a little bit. These are his contract numbers since 2013 per year. Ready? Yep. Ready? 680,000. 730,000. Sorry, 630,000 for 2013, 2014, 730, 2015, 750, 2016, 760. 2017, uh, combine here, the cap number for him. The base salary guarantee is $900,000 and $200,000 pro rated for one thousand two hundred fifty, And then this year for the Lions, $2 million. That's how I would compare them. That's the style he's comparable to. So I think actually has a good chance he will be available. and depends really on what C.J. Anderson wants. He's already bumped around the league looking for a starting job. Why wouldn't he go somewhere where he was wanted?
4: This is true. Uh, okay. I I will say the difference between Anderson and Blunt is the attitude. The, I for for that reason alone is why I never wanted the Rams to pick up Blunt. True. I, I just you know okay. give bailing on your team, and I think he did it twice. Right, where where he bailed up bailed on the team. I think he did it once in Pittsburgh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he did it again in, in in New England. That's you know that sends a bad message not only to your teammates but to the league. Like you know, I don't care how bad your team is doing, you never do that.
3: Well, and- sure, but but I mean, I, I started to cut off. I'm just thinking though, you're talking about that, but. That's also you're making the case that he would be that Anderson would be more mendable because Blunt's a little bit more of a diva. He wants more money. He wants more this. I mean, look at look at how look at Anderson's attitude in his press conferences, on social media, and in the game. He's just happy to be there, happy to be part of something. He's familiar with the offense. He's familiar with the, with the coaching staff, He's familiar with, with with Phillips. To me, you're making the case that. Anderson is more likely to sign again well
4: based on what I've just heard the arguments between myself and yourself I think that CJ Anderson should sign me as his agent and you know (laughs) if you ever become his agent you know toss you to the side a little bit because uh yeah I I think I can make CJ Anderson some money
3: it depends. It really depends. I'm not sure <laughs> where you're going with that. But I'll say this. I mean, I'm thinking just along the terms of they're a good fit for each other. C.J. Anderson and the Rams are a good fit. I'm hoping that we see him scramble a little bit longer. That's what I'm hoping for. We see him stick around a couple more years. I'll, I'll take that. It'll be a great combination. Help keep Gurley healthy. Uh, help produce a dynamic running game that's that's not just that's a, that can produce power running in one section without risking Gurley. And also, girlie out of the back, he'll do everything a girlie does. I think it's a very, very – I think it's a dangerous combination and a good way for that to happen. You there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. All right. <laughs> I think he did it on purpose. He's like, I'm going to mess with Derek now. He cut me off. Oh. So I'm going to mess with him. I'm going to go dead silent. ch <laughs>
4: I, I I missed an opportunity there man. I should have I should have uh, uh I should have done something funny there.
3: All right. So, before he before he gets any ideas, let's take some time to to uh thank one of our sponsors, the Gold Ram Barbershop. Sal Martinez out there in Westchester, California. It's 13755 Golden West Street. Sal opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis and he's kept the lights on there ever since. He's by appointment only. Give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or, uh, or 7267. Use the promo code Rams Talk He so he knows we sent you. And get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. at 6 p.m. And on Saturday, 7 a.m. 4 p.m., one more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. Folks, I, you know, we just saw this. Sal posted a picture of some recent visitors from uh, to his shop. People who listen to our show, and it was really neat to see folks coming there and meeting him and seeing his shop. It's worth it, folks. He will talk football. He'll talk your ear off. Anything Rams, anything football, the guy is a sports junkie. It's the old, cool barbershop experience. Trust me. he'll. It's, it's something you won't regret. He even managed to make my head, my blockhead, look normal, and he turned Johnny Gomez the match, Johnny. So, just check him out. All right, moving on. Aaron Donald got a sack today. Didn't break the record. Uh, Played all the way into the fourth quarter, to which he faced some serious criticism from the announced team of, um, was that Brenneman and Spielman? It was, wasn't it? I believe so. So, they, they were kind of criticizing that. Uh, you know, I do want to say this actually you know what no you know, I've gone first few times Johnny what's your what's your take here
4: you know Donald he uh he was practically in there most most of the you know hits and hurries and he wasn't able to get the sacks he got one but there was a couple of them where you know he just was just a little bit shy of getting that sack and considering that he was still the majority of uh, the pressure from the defensive line, I still give the guy props. You know, he's he's still consistently being double and triple teamed. And for anyone to be critical of Aaron Donald, I, I think you need to go back and watch the film because he's still very dominant and still caused the, the turnovers with Mullins you know he may not have registered the statistics but he has contributed in the very same statistical category that you know benefits the team overall in turnovers so i don't really know how you can criticize aaron donald in my opinion he's still the best player in football yeah i i i will stand by it i still think he deserves the MVP for getting you know this many sacks for a defensive tackle guys this is not a this is not a uh, you know just a primary rusher he's a defensive tackle that
3: sounds like an article you should write for the site I think you should make mm-hmm. your argument
4: that uh, sounds like a good idea
3: well there you we go that's your sign this week make it happen chop chop be magical <laughs> Magic. <laughs> magic it just appears magically in WordPress well my take is this too um, I think it should at least be in discussion I think it's an argument that should be made I think that just naming Mahomes MVP or whatever is to me, it's if you want to compare value Mahomes is to me Donald just as viable to the Rams as Mahomes is to the Chiefs so it depends on if you want to be a little more untraditional Look at what he creates, look at what he does, look what he does when he's not, um has when he, when he doesn't get his, basically when he doesn't get in there and get pressure, how things change the Rams. I am I think it's an open argument. I'm not ready to say he should be the MVP. Uh, he should be the Defensive Player of the Year, no doubt in my view. But going as far as MVP, I'm not quite ready to say it. I, I would love to read your argument on it. But I will say this. Brenneman and Spielman... Going after Donald on this, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You don't play they, – they, I know you want to be the team guy. You want to be the team guy, and you want to go all the way. and That's the goal of any team. But when you have a shot to go for the record, go for it. Go for it. Go as far as you can while not risking injury. And so for them to criticize Aaron Donald for that – When the guy's never been injured in his life, by the way, knock on wood. I just... I have a problem with that, dude. I have a real big problem with that. Why are you criticizing him for playing an extra half quarter? But here's what annoys me even more. You ready for this? Go for it. Okay. What annoys me even more is George Kittle. They're praising George Kittle going after the record. Going after the tight end yardage record. I know some people are going to shake their heads. There's a difference. Kittle is not playing the rest of the year. Donald is. But the 49ers pulled Richard Sherman out to protect him. The 49ers still have are, are beat up to all get out. And Kittle is your future at tight end. Probably for the next 10 years. Why would you keep him out there and basically make him a target for the last part of the game. Oh, because you want to break a record. But that's okay with Bremen and Spielman. But it's not okay for Donald. Both of them are taking risks by being out there in what's now a meaningless game. You get what I'm saying? I know the situation is uh, a little bit different, but it's to me it's still hypocritical.
4: No, it definitely is. Because, you know, Donald... You know, this – not not taking anything away from Kittles because what he did was special, and we'll get to that in a second. But with Donald, this guy is fighting, as we just mentioned, he's fighting, you know, for more than just the sack record. And which, by the way, is, again, a sack record that was given uh, – that was earned by an edge rusher. He wasn't a defensive tackle. You know, the fact that Donald has this many sacks – is an achievement in in and of itself. You know, he has the most sacks by a defensive tackle in NFL history, you know, at least since it's been recorded. So as far as I'm concerned, the criticism was just kind of dumb, you know? I I don't get, you know, it it, it had no merit behind it because, you know, one minute you're going to – uh, criticize Donald and the next minute you're going to criticize Kettles who uh, the, the this guy is probably more of the future for the 49ers than just about anybody else on this team he's a special tight end in a league that is starving for really great tight ends
3: well they didn't so, criticize him they were praising the 49ers for getting the record they were playing yeah. it up
4: yeah that, and that's my point you know it it just it, it boggles my mind a little bit because the, <laughs> there's just so much criticism for donald for something so minor in my opinion and then to not criticize kittles for this it, it just it's just completely dumb you
3: know i it, it, to i, me- I, I and I'm probably picking things apart because, you know, I'm tired and I'm cranky, but that's that bothered me. It's like our guys should have every opportunity to go out there and make a play and, and go out there and set a record. Just as much opportunity as, well, as Kittle, Kittle got. He should have the same opportunity. And I'm not going to criticize him for going for it. He earned it. He earned, he earned it by being that guy who this team isn't 13-3 without him. So let them go for the record. Let him go. I know some people disagree, with and that's okay. If you disagree, tell me why. Email us at talk 1945 at gmail com or tweet us. That's okay. We can we can agree disagree. We can talk it through. Okay, we're not we're not the uh, the Republicans and oh, Democrats sorry. here. We're we're oh, just God, guys talking sports. There. What'd you say?
4: I said, oh God, you went there.
3: <laughs> well, I'm not going political. I'm just saying we're not at each other's throats or anything. We both have a common cause here in terms of seeing this team be successful. So, hey, uh, there you go. Other things, you know, get, yeah. Congratulations, congratulations to Kittle breaking the record. Uh, they, the four yards definitely went for it at the end. That bothered me. We're running out of time, actually. Um, Post game presser. Sean McVay at the press conference. From notes from an injury standpoint, Whitworth had a little. I think three knocked knees. Sorry. Let me redo that quote. From an injury standpoint, Whitworth had a little. I think he knocked knees with somebody else. So we're hoping really that's all that's going to be. And we'll get him back and ready to go. Then Blake Countness is in concussion protocol. So we didn't see anything on Woods. So appears Woods, Woods is okay. Um, contributors today, Joseph Noteboom came in uh, before the half, did a great job out. Uh, Mark Barron, Michael Brockers, all these guys, except for Noteboom, are guys we've criticized throughout the year. Long anchor. They showed up today, made plays we hadn't seen them make all year. Does that encourage you?
4: Absolutely, because, uh, especially for me, uh, the most important guy that you mentioned was Barron, because all year long, I'll say, we we really haven't mentioned anything positive about Barron, so to see him come back and you know, make some plays, wasn't perfect by any means, but he still made some crucial plays, and I, that's exactly what I want to see. If he's, again, if he's half the player that he was last season, before the injury, the Rams are going to be uh, looking really good. And, you know, it wasn't just him, you know, Michael Brockers getting in there uh, was was refreshing to see because we really hadn't seen him do too much before then. And, you know, uh, you know, seeing a lot of these other guys getting in there too, this is exactly what needs to happen going into the playoffs because it's going to, it's going to need every single player there in order to get to the promised land.
3: Okay. So that takes us to the end here. Who are your, who gets your game balls?
4: (sighs) Um, game ball easily offensively has to go to CJ Anderson I mean, the guy's just amazing coming in, having um, two over 100-yard games. I, I got to give it to him on offense. On defense, you know, I'm just going to give it to Donald again. I-, I know it's kind of lazy, but it's hard not to-, to give it to him because, man, he had one hell of a season, and he, he deserves the game ball for the rest of the year. So I'm just going to give it to him.
3: Game ball for the rest of the year. <laughs> well... I'm going to go with Corey Littleton on defense. He um, he did everything the Rams need him to do today. Got himself touched on our turn. Two pickoffs. Good for him. That That's good stuff. So I'm going to go with him. And on offense, I'm with you, C.J. Anderson. I do want to add this in. Jared Goff for bouncing back to me deserves some credit as well. He's really had it hard on the last month, the year. And um, from that two-minute mark on to the rest of the game, he did a great job. And so good job showing some poise and bouncing back on his part. So there's my game balls. All right, folks, reach out to us, folks. If you are interested in advertising with us, sponsoring us, reach out to us at ramstop 1945 at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 657 666 5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. I promise you, even though we have a new managing editor stepping in here soon, at least for a while, uh, we will continue to put good content out there. Um, you ready for that, Johnny?
4: Well, I'm, I think, uh, you know, Graham's talk is going to get a little more magical. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Care to explain? <laughs> we're going to have unicorns well, prancing around the homepage.
4: <laughs> well, what's wrong with the unicorns?
3: Well, the only one people are going to see is if they're high on LSD. So. Well, just saying. you know, I, I,
4: I can reach out to the fellow bronies out there, you know.
3: <laughs> the what? Bronies. All right.
4: you never heard of bronies.
3: No, I haven't. What's a brony?
4: A brony is... Pretty much older dudes that like my little pony, bronies.
3: Um Johnny, that's creepy. I'm not gonna lie.
4: Agreed. I'm not gonna lie, it is it's very creepy.
3: Okay. That was <laughs> creepy and, and rather awkward, not sure what to do with that. I'm not sure at all to do with that. So this is what I look forward to with you being the managing editor here soon. Interesting. <laughs> Dear Lord have mercy upon us all. What are we gonna do? All right, so, folks, that's gonna be a wrap for us. We have there's there is more for us to talk about, but it's getting late. It's almost a midnight here on the East Coast. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Also, you can find me Derek C Paula, at DC Paul on Twitter and Johnny Gomez at Johnny Five Not Six. Don't forget to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, i Radio, say R Heart Radio, Android, Spotify. Oh, yeah, and we are on IEB Radio on Wednesday mornings, Saturdays and Sundays, 10 a.m. Pacific time. For Johnny Gomez, this is Derek C. Paul. The Rams are in the playoffs. (laughs) First seed? Nope. Second seed? Yep. We'll see who they play next week. Any last thoughts, Johnny?
4: Hopefully we see more golf and less goof.
3: And no uniforms. Have a good one, folks. Peace out. Uniforms? (laughs) (laughs) Uniforms!
1: This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure!